Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, everybody? Roto Grinders Food for Thought Podcast. Thanks for sticking with us here. I can't believe we're almost at the end of the regular season here. I'm Justin Carlucci alongside a Will Priester, and we have a lot to talk about today, my friend. How are you? And thanks for joining me. I'm good, man. Uh, it's another day, another pie, and hopefully it will be a beautiful thing at the end of this. Hopefully everyone gets their... Um, you know, gets their weekly fix. And uh, hopefully we have something to do with that. Yeah. Thanks for sticking with us this season, everybody. We hope you like the tangents we go in on. A blend of fantasy and reality, I guess you could call it. And it's just been wild for, you know, if you're tuning into this podcast, you're well aware of the situation that all professional sports leagues are dealing with with COVID and the pandemic. And I really feel for you fellow season long footballers and you commissioners out there dealing with these, these uncharted circumstances. And we have two football games on Tuesday. Rarely do we get to do this pod with a couple of games left in the current week. So it'll be fun to talk a little Seattle, LA, and of course the football team and, and the Eagles as well. But you know, if you're tuning in this podcast and the elephant in the room segment, we usually hit the injuries and there's a laundry list of injuries, probably three podcasts worth of injuries we could talk about. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that's one way to beat them, Chief. One of the minimal, one of the few paths to victory I think the Saints had was what if they lose all their skill players and kudos to both defenses regardless and even Tampa Bay's, you know, who, uh, held New Orleans and check and did whatever they could, but Chris Godwin, terrible news. You know, Mike Evans status is in question. And of course, Fournette got hurt too. So Tampa Bay, brutal stuff, chief. Talk to me here. Yeah, man. I mean, they, they lost a lot of weapons and uh, you know, so, so goes the NFL, right? You've got to get through a clean season with, with, with limited weapons. I mean, with, with with limited injuries to make to make it go all the way, you know, and and that's just the bottom line, and that's how it goes. Depth depth is is integral. These practice squad guys, almost every team, 
you know, you're, you're, you're a fan of your team and you're reaching for guys you've probably never heard of. And maybe you had a Google at least once. And I know that as a Titans fan, that's for sure. And just a brutal, brutal way to choke away that game against Pittsburgh, but Tampa Bay, Chris Godwin is for, there was conflicting reports with Godwin. First, he was done for the regular season. Now they're saying he has a tear and, and he's done. And, and you know what? Uh, also, Chris Godwin's a free agent. So you feel you feel for everybody in this situation. No, nothing good coming out of it right now. Interesting to see how, how that plays out. Very talented wide receiver. Mike Evans, you know, we don't know. And of course, Fournette, you know, the good news is Bruce Arians confirmed today that he's going to bring Antonio Brown back after his suspension for the for the fake ID, though, the McLovin, the fake COVID card. So, I mean, at least you have Antonio Brown coming back. But other than that, Antonio Brown might be the pickup of the season. Imagine him coming back with limited. I mean, he's going to go back to being basically Pittsburgh Antonio Brown. It's going to be him and Gronk. And they're going to have their pick, and and Scotty Miller's going to be running around, and you know Antonio Brown might make it to eight K in two weeks. You're absolutely right We're because gonna... he's going to get all the volume he can handle if these guys are are out. He, it's going to be insane. He already owned a pretty fair target market share with everybody healthy. He was an integral part of that team when he was healthy too, but. Thank God that Gronk is healthy is probably what Tom is, is thinking. Thank God he followed me to Tampa Bay and you see all those goofy commercials with him coming out of retirement and looking for insurance deals and stuff like that. But uh, all joking aside, Gronk's been fantastic and they're going to need every bit of him down the stretch, Chief. Luckily, they're in good position here. So it's kind of, you know, let's stay healthy, get the job done. I think they're the third seed right now. But- oh, listen, and that's why I pulled this up because I thought this was going to be very important for this particular podcast. It feels like we just had this talk, but we have not. It's been a week. We've just done so many pods together. Um, But look, man, they're going to win the NFC South. No one's going to catch them. They're 10 and four. Um, So, so essentially they're, they're they're probably going to clinch the division in my opinion. Uh, I could be, I could be wrong, but I don't, even though, well, the Saints won, and maybe the Saints win the next two or three games. Like, you know what I'm saying? Maybe they win the next, what, three games? Two games? Three games. But I don't I, – I don't, we'll see. If the Saints make it, and the Buccaneers would have to lose basically all of their games for this to not work out, and I don't think they're going to lose all of their games. Like, when you look at uh, the schedule, they've got the Panthers this week, the Jets – and the Panthers again. I don't see them losing three games, which which basically makes me feel like they're they've already clinched the division. In fact, had they won Sunday, they would have clinched the division already. So, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, the Saints are clearly big Bears fans on Monday night, and they're big Titans fans on Thursday. The Saints have a shot to sneak in here. It, it, what a big win for them! Oh my God. Yeah. Um, I mean, and look, they were playing fine before everyone went out, but after everyone went out, they basically just had a field day on, on Tom Brady. I mean, they basically said, Hey guy, uh, doesn't matter what you do, you drop back, we're going to pop you. And that's pretty much what happened. Um, Tom took some hits in that game. Tom took some hits. Uh, and this, this might be 
this very well might be the wake up call of the Tom Brady retirement committee in his head. Limited weapons took all those hits. It's like, hey, man, it's it's New England all over again. His last season in New England. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it just it went from good to bad in in the in the blink of an eye. So uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, he went from having a wealth of riches to to praying that Gronk's going to stay healthy and that Antonio Brown's ready to rock and roll. Yeah, That's and Gio incredible. Bernard might be a bit might become a big deal for us here uh, because look, I, I don't know how committed. I mean, they're going to be committed to Ronald Jones in terms of the running game, but Gio Bernard very well could uh, could be leading this backfield pretty soon if it comes to it. Uh, we'll have to see. The problem is I, they don't really have any teams that I think are going to push them to the brink. So he, Gronk has just been seeing a ton of volume since week 11 when he's came back. Eight targets, nine targets, eight targets, nine targets, 11 targets against New Orleans. And we might see a dozen. We might see a dozen this coming week. Gronk's been really good. So I'm curious to uh, to see where his ownership falls down the stretch here as well. This isn't blocking Gronk, injured Gronk, only good in the red zone Gronk. He's clearly fresh this season. He, he's been spectacular almost every game. So, uh, well, you know, an, an injury that keeps you out a few weeks will do that for you. You know, even, even even last season, I I don't know. I don't know if he was ready from the beginning. I, you know, I I don't I don't know. I mean, but this is just a different version of the animal that were have been accustomed to seeing in the early, you know, 2010s kind of kind of era. Yeah. I, I didn't see that coming last night. You talk about no, every- I, I don't I don't think anybody did. And I mean, look, this was a this was an old school. If somebody told me the game was nine to zero, nine to three, I would have said, oh, you know, they were playing in New England. Tom was playing for the New England Patriots and he was playing the, the Buffalo Bills. He was playing the Buffalo Bills. No, this is Tampa Bay. And it, it just didn't work out. It, it just didn't work out. And so, um, but guess what? Every team this season has had a meltdown. You want to talk about meltdowns. I think there was a bigger meltdown this Sunday than anything Tom Brady saw. Because guess what we're going to do? We're going to say, well, this team is 10 and three and they lost their main weapons against a marginally good football team. The thing about the Bucks, they'll be able to compete with anybody because they are so good against the run and they have Tom Brady on the other side. Right. And it, it seems like Tom Brady only makes mistakes against New Orleans. <laughs> it really does at this point. Yeah. And he won't see them in the playoffs. I don't think so. I don't think. Listen, you give if Fournette comes back and he's fine by the playoffs, you know, Mike Evans, if you get 60% of Mike Evans and you have AB and Gronk, I still think you're extremely scary without Godwin. And who knows with Mike Evans or what the situation is going to be. And here's the deal Antonio Brown is Mike Evans. I mean, is Chris Godwin, right? He, he is Chris Godwin, I think, in this lineup. And so you have to think that <laughs> whenever he comes back, whenever that is, his target share is going to be through the roof. 
10 to 12 targets a game. His time on the field is probably going to increase where I think earlier this season, he was playing what, maybe 50% of the snaps and still getting a humongous target share with 50, 60%. And now you're telling me he's probably going to play more like 80%. Yeah. I mean, you got to think you pencil him in for 12 targets a game here. I'm, I'm really excited about the Antonio Brown experience when he comes back. Luce, can we get off of the Bucks for a second, switch gears, and talk about the ultimate meltdown? Because like I said, yes, the Bucks. we're forgetting about another one because the Bucks, the Bucks had prime oh, time. Oh, listen, the, Buc- the Bucks. I don't, wouldn't call it a meltdown. And I wouldn't call the Titans. I mean, okay, so they had a meltdown, but but, but the Bucks are going to get a pass because their weapons all left the game. And the Titans don't have weapons. Can we talk about the Arizona Cardinals? That's where we want to go. Here. Let's go there. All right, start the so, con- start the conversation here. So, guys, I, I almost wish you could have video for this one because you know I have to make my own face palm GIF. The Cardinals go into Detroit. I know they don't have Nuke Hopkins, okay? This team is built to win without Nuke Hopkins, at least at the bare minimum against the Detroit Lions. You've got Kyler Murray, who has been in the MVP discussion. You've got a defense that's played pretty well. And overall, as a team, your running game's been fine. You've got the, you know, the the double back system where you're going to have Connor and you're going to have Chase Edmonds. And you've got some receivers that you can interchange now. Yes, is A.J. Green maybe past his early prime? Yes. But can he still do things from time to time that you need in this offense? Absolutely. You went out and got Rondale Moore in the draft. The Swiss Army knife of this team that can play some slot receiver is dangerous, can run some jet sweeps. You've got Christian Kirk, who's been in this offense for a long time now, uh, even when Bruce Arians was there. And so he and, and he's one of Colin Murray's favorite targets. You went out and got Zach Ertz from the Eagles. Don't tell me you should be losing to the Detroit Lions without Nuke Hopkins. I can't get on board with that. Luch, talk to me here. To me, that was the biggest meltdown of this Sunday because now the Cardinals have lost two in a row. The Rams have won two in a row. The 49ers have won two in a row. And let's look at this schedule. Last couple games, Cardinals, listen to this. Please, Luke, listen to this. Colts, Cowboys, Seahawks. That is the Cardinals' remaining schedule. And I don't want to see James uh, – I don't want to see Jonathan Taylor right now. I don't want him to come to town. He's getting hot. The Cowboys have started winning games. Now, yes, they play in the, you know, NFC least. But, hey, they're finding ways to win. And then they have to play in-division rival Seattle Seahawks. This is what's going to happen here. Okay? 
Who's nipping at their nose? Not their heels. Who's nipping at their nose? The good Christmas reference here. The Rams at nine and four. Mm-hmm. Well, guess who they play tomorrow night? The Seahawks. If they beat the Seahawks, they're 10 and four, and they just beat the Cardinals. They're in. Okay. Then the Rams play the Vikings, which, listen, could be a trap game for them. I don't know. Then they play the Ravens. Will Lamar be back? Who knows? That's in January. And then they get the 49ers. And we'll have to see where the 49ers are because this very well, the 49ers-Rams game at the end of the season could be huge or huge, however you would like to pronounce it for the podcast sake. Okay? I'm reading out the 49ers because I think they have the best shot. I don't think the Seahawks. Seahawks are getting in. 49ers have the Titans. Huge game. This Thursday. Huge game. But then, then they get the Texans. And then they get the Rams, which is why I'm telling you, this 49ers-Rams game might be, might be the biggest game on the docket come January 9th. I think the Cardinals got completely out of character. Detroit gets the ball. Football is such a funny game. And if this Detroit's season- been, Detroit Detroit and the Jets have been spoiling dreams this season by the way. Just spoiling them. If this season has taught us anything, it's that you need to expect the unexpected. Any given Sunday, we know that. It seems like every good team has had at least one hiccup, at least one head scratcher. I would say two. The Titans started this whole thing off with their loss against the Jets. It was, how can you lose to the Jets? How can you lose to the Jets? Well, they started the trend. They started the trend because everybody has had at least one disgusting, brutal loss. Well, football guy Dan Campbell, who is slowly winning me over, by the way. The players love him. They're playing for him. Detroit. Yeah says, you know what, we're at home. We're going to make a statement. We're going to take the ball. What happens? 15 plays, 63 yards. I have to watch this game. I want to see if, if I can identify if this was a, a scripted drive. We know how some coaches and their philosophies, like Andy Reid scripts out a bunch of plays to start the game. 15 plays, 63 yards, takes up almost nine minutes off the clock. You got to stay on on schedule for that type of drive. Running game has got to get their three to four yards when they need them, right? They've got to get their short to intermediate throws going, right? Everything's got to work together for this to work. And I think the most interesting part about that opening drive is Jared Goff was sacked on the second play of that drive. And it didn't matter. Didn't matter. They had a solid run game. Uh, and they, they ran some play action, took nine minutes off the clock. You're Arizona. You get the ball back. We're, it's fine. We're at Detroit. We'll get it together. Quick three and out. Three plays, no yards. Yeah. It's fine. We're still at Detroit. You kick it back to Detroit. Eight plays, 93 yards, another four minutes off the clock. The first quarter's over. The first quarter's over, and you're trailing against Detroit on the road. By two touchdowns. You get the ball back. Three and out. 
That's it. That's it. That that's it. Right there. That that the game was over right there, Chief. Yeah, I mean, but 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 here's the thing though. And and, and first of all, I, I do want to talk about the, the Cardinals because of the implications of them getting into the playoffs. I also want to talk about what it means for the Lions and this coaching staff, right? Hear, hear me out here, Luch. Hear me out here. You've got a team that's been struggling down and out. And, you know, my heart goes out to the all the people at the school when they had the, the shooting there. Um, so super sorry about that. And so from the Food for Thought pod to all those families in the Detroit community, like, hey, we're, we're super sorry about that. Um, and so, you know, but Campbell comes out and talks about that. But here's something I saw, and I can't remember if this was the Thanksgiving game, Luch. It may have been the Thanksgiving game. I can't remember. But Dan Campbell says, hey, by the way, we're here to win football games, right? We're here to win football games. So he goes for a fake punt on the, in his own territory, when probably when he shouldn't have, or on the other side of the 50, and he gets it. And they keep manufacturing ways to say, look, we're going to be exciting. We're going to win. Like, there are things we want to get done, right? And guess what? They may not have won that game, but the energy spills over to the season. And so now as the season goes on and goes on and goes on, they're saying, hey, uh, we're here, right? And, you know, Jared Goff has got this contract, and he's not – he hasn't been great. But the past few weeks, he's just limited the mistakes. Mind you, they're doing this without their top-tier talent. They don't have DeAndre Swift running around. They they don't have Mr. Williams running around. Can I tell you you two things? Please, please. I love our tools at Roto Grinders. No, this is not a plug or promo. You can run on the Cardinals. And Dan Campbell, who people are, I say most of the public probably will just label Dan Campbell a meathead because of how the media has perceived him. The well, Cardinals, they're winning games now. The Cardinals are the seventh worst team in yielding rushing success. Rushing successful plays. What did they do after they got their lead? They had 34 rushing plays in that game. They got their lead and they stuck to their guns. And you love to see that. You love, you know, I know it's easy to say play it safe when you got the lead and they had a positive game script, but they did what was necessary. They didn't try to be somebody else. Jared Goff played an efficient game, threw for no more than 220 yards, and he handed the ball off and took care of business, like you said. Let me tell you the other cool story here Craig Reynolds. Craig Reynolds, a name nobody probably thought we would be saying, including myself. And I would guarantee you most of you didn't know who he was. And I don't know. There's definitely people listening to this podcast who know some more football than me. But I knew Craig Reynolds. I live in Kutztown, Pennsylvania right now. Craig Reynolds is a Kutztown graduate. 
Craig Reynolds, Division II athlete, Kutztown University, just won a football game for the Detroit Lions against the Arizona Cardinals. And I thought that was just an awesome story. You don't see too many D2 athletes play in the NFL, let alone have 25 carries in a game, you know, and uh, be part of a, a, an inspiring kind of second half of the season for the Lions. I, we walk our dog on campus every day, Chief. I can throw a baseball and hit campus. So cool to see Craig Reynolds get some burn here and become, you know, a national uh, on the national highlights, national news. Detroit won a game, putting helping putting them back together. Really, not cool. just a game. Haven't they won two in a row? Yeah, but he was super instrumental in this. No, 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 I know, yes. I know. No, but, but I guess what I'm saying, well, no, 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 this says that. Break up the oh, Lions. gosh. So, sorry, never mind. I'm uh, Listen, guys, what you have to understand is we, we have so much going on with sports. We're trying to figure this thing out. Draymond Green is out here hitting three-pointers. So, when, when Draymond <laughs> Green starts hitting three-pointers, just, just cancel it. Uh, j- just cancel it. At any rate, uh, I'm happy for the Lions and what they've accomplished. For a two-and-one team with a tie against the Steelers, <laughs> two-and-eleven, excuse me. And, guys, listen, you don't have to pick us, pick at us and say, God, you guys are celebrating the Lions. They're terrible. They are terrible. But at least they have some fight, right? Like, let, let's carry this in the next season and see, and see what can become of this team. Because Barry Sanders is not walking back through the door. Neither is Calvin Johnson. Exactly. Megatron's not walking through the door. And dare I say the face of that franchise past 10 years has been Matthew Stafford. And he's not walking back through the door. So at some point, things just have to click. Now, DeAndre Swift seems to be a talent. But I will say he's a guy that's not an every down back. He he needs to split the work with, with Williams. So I think I think having those two guys there is important. I think figuring out the distribution of carries with that team is important. But here's what they've got to do. I love him on Ross St. Brown. I think he's going to be fine. I picked him up in season long to start the season for that very reason. Luch, they got to go out and get a number one, though. They've got they, – they have to get a number one receiver. And I don't know who that is. Because the, to me, there don't seem to be a whole lot of disgruntled receivers currently, unless it's Allen Robinson. And I would—I almost wouldn't want to go from the Bears to Detroit. It feels like the same situation, but it could not be. Maybe he just needs fresh scenery. You know what I'm saying? Like they've—they've got to get a number one guy. This might be a bad take because they've got the tight end. Hawkinson's fine. This might be a bad take, but I don't necessarily care. If you're the Detroit Lions, do you overpay for whatever the market's going to be and take a long, steady recovery route with Chris Godwin? Do you give him a couple years, pay him a little more? You know, it's just devastating for a guy like Godwin who's going into free agency, deserves the bag right? Deserves it. And do you just take a long, steady recovery route? Because you're not, you're not going to play in the ship next year if you're Detroit. But in two years, you get some pieces knowing you got a healthy Chris Godwin. Potentially, it's a risk. But what do you have to lose at this point? I, I like that call. Not, and I'm not saying just for Chris Godwin. I'm saying from a management perspective, 
You go out and get a guy that's got some talent. Buy low, take a risk, lower than it would be. Still going to have to yeah. pay a little. Yeah, you go out and take a guy that's that's got some talent. And you say, okay, let, let's run this thing and see how it goes. Here's right? the money, Chris. That's your call, right? I mean, it's either yeah. you're, you're going to get like a prove-it deal somewhere else or we'll risk it and budget you a little more because we know what you're worth. You're, you know, balls in your court, Chris. And yeah. I hope, and he's so, he's excellent. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I keep talking about these local ties, but, you know, Penn State guy and um, really had a sick connection with Tom Brady. That was everything that it was hyped up to be. And uh, you just, you just hate to see that freak play, you know, you teach, you teach the defenders to not go high and they go low now. And it's a lose, lose. It's a lose, lose. Yeah. So I don't know. That was just, that was just my thoughts there. So there you go, Detroit fans. Give us a mention. If you're a Lions fan and tuning in, we want to hear from you and we know we don't give them a ton of time. Not that many people do. So maybe, maybe this is your pod. Now we'd love to hear from you. Give me another game from uh in a game or or elephant in the room i mean god i really don't want to talk about my titans but like what 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 do I, what am i supposed to say the defense was phenomenal they held pittsburgh to 158 total yards chief that was the least amount of yards the tennessee titans have held any opponent since 2010 and i think i talked about it on the morning grind for a minute and they lost the game you just had you know, random guys fumbling. Anthony Ferkser fumbled. Racy McMath fumbled. Yes, these are real people. These are people yeah. Ryan Tannehill trying to And I watched that game. Too. I watched that game. And guess what? You almost had another freak accident in the form of interception. Remember the guy catches? No, they gave it to him on that one, didn't they? That well, the it. guy caught it. He's falling. The ball just pops up in the air. It was just freak things happening. Um, and you know what? Tur- turn- turnovers are killing. You can hold an opponent to nothing. You turn the ball over and you're going to lose. And the Titans have 13 turnovers in their last four games, I think. So, well, you know, what are you going to do? You got to move on early week. You got to regroup and, and try to play San Francisco. And the run game looked good. Tannehill, a dead man behind that offensive line. Julio Jones hurt again. First play of the game, they had Julio Jones un- untouched. 60 yards, touchdown. Pass protection didn't hold up. Sack. So... I can't say enough about this Titans defense, though, when they're fully healthy. Zach Cunningham was out there, Chief, and he looked good. Yeah. It just comes down to, can the Titans survive, get in the playoffs, and maybe get King Henry back? Because what does King Henry do? He hides a lot of flaws on your team. He, he, he's the LeBron James, if there's, a, like, of, of the NFL. At any, anybody outside of the quarterback position. Derrick Henry, outside of the quarterback position, is the only player in the NFL that can make everybody else on the team better and help hide flaws and issues. Make, you know, play action game opens up completely by him just standing behind the quarterback. If he gets healthy, they're dangerous with that defense. Until then, I'm going to have a couple of drinks before kickoff on Thursday, Chief. We'll see what happens. <laughs> but that's a, that's a huge game for the 40. Like you said, the 49ers are knocking on the door too. We are. We got a good one, my friend. We got a good one coming up. But anyway, how about Tyler Huntley and the Ravens uh, going for two against the Packers, coming up short at home? Did Harbaugh make the right call? Did he make the wrong call? Huntley made a, he made a few people a lot of money in DFS for sure. Yeah. What about this Packers game, Chief? I mean, look, 
Jim Harbaugh strikes again. That, that's really all I can say. That's I, it. I, I can't. I can't. I can't really say much more than that. Like how? So you've had this experience. You don't kick. It goes bad. You don't kick. It, like, at what point do you say, like, let's get an overtime? Let, let's. That's all I can say. Jim Harbaugh, ladies and gentlemen, strikes again. That's, That's it. it. Oh, I just sweat out a nice Darnell Mooney prop, by the way. 53 and a half. Just hit. This guy should be getting all of, all of the targets from Justin Fields, who. Want to talk some Justin Fields? I mean, look, talk to me about Tyler Huntley first and, and what you saw out of him in that game. I mean, look, you know, he, he's he's doing what he needs to do. He, uh, he He's getting the job done. He, he's the backup. R- remember, um, they always say the safest job in football or the best, the best job on an NFL team is the backup quarterback. He's got the best job on the team because he doesn't have to do much, right? Practice well, show up you know, try to keep the, the starter motivated, help him until his number is called, right? Well, his number has been called. And two weeks in a row, he's played as well as he can play for a backup quarterback. And I'm not afraid to say it. Do I think Jim Harbaugh is a bad coach? No. Do I think he he has cost his team wins this season? Yes. How do you not? Against the Pittsburgh Steelers of all teams. Kick the extra point and send what you feel like is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Right? Into overtime. Was he, I don't care was if he worried the about first. losing the toss. I mean, that's chance. Send your you know. defense out there and tell them to shut down Big Ben. Period. <laughs> that was like an ellipses. Period. I thought there was more, but I respect. I respect your opinion, and I. I don't know. I would much rather here's here's it's easy to say in hindsight, right? So you're probably listening to this. Call me a hypocrite. And boy, do the bears just suck in the red zone, just shooting themselves in the foot so many times. I'm thinking of our guy, Keith Eister right now, the bears fan. And there's some promise in Justin Fields and, and we'll get to him, but they were in the red zone so many times tonight and came away with just three points. Wow. I would. I understand not wanting to go into overtime with a 50-50 shot of giving Aaron Rodgers the ball, but I'll give Ben Roethlisberger. I'll, I'll kick the point, and if he gets the ball in overtime, I'll live with it. Can I be a exactly. split? Can I be split on this one? Can I agree with the Aaron Rodgers go for two, but disagree with the Pittsburgh go for two? Is that fair? Hey, split if you like. 
what do they say? Know your personnel. <laughs> know yes. who's in the game. That's my two cents. Anyway, earlier is. earlier on Monday, the Raiders come through with a 16-14 late game heroic here. Seven and seven. Each team is now seven and seven in the ever so jumbled AFC. Huge blow to Cleveland. And you have to feel for the unfortunate circumstances with their roster and COVID and everything they're playing through. I, I, you know what? You just have to feel for them a little bit. And you know what? I'm, I'm a fan of a team in the AFC and I still feel for them. I, it's just a, a stressful, terrible time in the world right now. We're in a pandemic and, you know, sports are getting impacted by them again as well. Right. That's low on the totem pole of things that we're worried about, but you want to enjoy a game and see the best product on the field. And you're just not going to get it for, you know, you're going to get shortchanged and many teams have. Here's the deal though. Here's the crazy part. The Ravens blew it again. Yep. Yep. The division is still, they're still not out. It's, it's, it's a long shot, right? But they're still not completely out. Do you want to know why they're not out? Browns, Steelers, Bengals. You beat the Steelers and you beat the Bengals and you got a shot to get it. Period. It's winner go home time. You win these three games, you probably get in the playoffs. Because if you beat the Steelers and and Bengals straight up, I think they'll split with the Bengals and, and I think they'll beat the Steelers twice, right? I think that's what it is. Let me Let me check. No, they've lost to the Steelers and they've lost. No, they've already beat the Bengals. They beat them 41-16. They lost to the Steelers 15-10. So you beat the Steelers, you beat the Bengals. And you may have a shot because they also split with Baltimore. My, my last elephant in the room here is Dak just isn't right. And we were on – we. We were we assume things, and we assume he's not right, and I guess I still am speculating. But to only throw, just to squeak out, just over 200 yards against the Giants. So I, I've seen enough now to where I'm not going to play him in tournaments. And if it burns me one week, I, I'm okay. I'll pass. Like I'm, I'm off Dak. I am not playing Dak. I've tried so hard and got so far. But in the end, it doesn't even matter. Lincoln Park. <laughs> I'm done with Dak for now. <laughs> I'm done with Dak. You got any take on Dallas? I mean, hey, 21-6, a win's a win for the football crowd. But for me in tournament land and GPPs, I will pass for now. Yeah, man. For sure. What can you do? What would you do for a Klondike bar? <laughs> All right. All right. We have two games on Tuesday. Let me get your predictions for these games on Tuesdays, and I'll, I'll give you mine. And then we'll look ahead with our recipe for success for this coming week. And they both start at the same time. We didn't get that luxury of the early game and the late game on Monday, which was awesome. I love that. But two 7 o'clock Eastern games, and you touched on the one briefly, Seattle at L.A. and Washington at Philadelphia. Seattle at L.A., Mr. Priester, 
Seattle just always seems to keep this thing close every uh, game. Yeah, that seems like the case, but I don't know how. I I I've got the Rams. Like they know what they have to do this week, right? They can pass on this team. They can run on this team. The Seattle the Seattle Seahawks aren't good. There, I said it for everybody. If you turned up your volume, you heard that. If you're a Seattle fan, <laughs> keep it status quo. Listen, we have to be realistic fans here. We can't let, – let's not be the Cowboys. Let's not say every year this year's our year. Sometimes it's not your year. The Seattle Seahawks aren't good. It's not their year, Luke. It's just not their year. It's, Russell it's, it's Russell not. Wilson being out those couple games it hurt him. Also, the Seattle Seahawks aren't good. <laughs> Thank you for handing me the podcast title that I will not have to think of when we're done here, <laughs> because that's what it is. At Chief Justice 06, Seattle fans, light up those mentions if you want to pick a bone with Chief. But I I have to agree with you. And there's some teams where you just don't know until it's over if they're good. Like, I keep going back to my homerish ways. Like, give me an 80% Titans team out there, and maybe they're decent. Like, you put Henry out there. The Titans aren't good right now. The defense is good. But give me A.J. Brown, Henry, and, like, I don't know. Some of these teams, it's so jumbled. It's going to be a fun playoff run for futures betting. Because I think we're going to see some crazy stuff. If the last eight days hasn't told us enough about expect the unexpected. We can see one of these Cinderella teams sneak and get in. Absolutely. I hope you're not talking about Seattle. No, because the Seattle Seahawks aren't good. Oh, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I also have the Rams. Seven point spread, and you know what? I think it'll be. I think that's right. I, I think it'll be one of those methodically Rams taking care of business for three quarters. Seattle with a late score, maybe they got a late push with Wilson, and it just you know one of those. I, I don't know how they. It's a divisional game. You know what they say about them. And sorry, Seahawks fans. Excited to see a Rashard Penny showcase though for the rest of the season, because Chris Carson is not it. Can never stay healthy. Isn't exceptionally talented, serviceable. He was like the cash games floor guy for two and a half years in in fantasy land because he had pretty high touchdown equity. He's not a bad player, but Russell Wilson needs a run game, play action, and defense. What does he have right now? Nothing. Maybe he won't be back in Seattle. There's been on and off drama of where's Russell going to go and is he happy for quite some time now? I don't know. Where's he going to go? Who knows? Anyway, do you have a take on that? Do you have a hot take on where Russell Wilson goes? Where does he stay? I mean, look, he's got to get out of there. And I'm going to tell you right now that the lovely Sierra Wilson isn't going to let him stay in Seattle. <laughs> honey, honey, Tom Brady gets to go to Florida and it rains every day here. Can you take me somewhere? Yeah, I, Sierra, you got it. You got it, Sierra. 
Where are the warm states? Where can he go? Where are the warm states that well, need a quarterback? If it's Where not can warm, you better go and play in a dorm. In a dorm? I mean, in, in a dome. <laughs> Excuse me. He may want to go back to that Wisconsin dorm at this point. Oh, man. <laughs> I think get a better team at Wisconsin, man. Honestly. <laughs> that offensive line. Oh. Poor Russ. Oh, gosh. Um, look, seriously, though, I want to tell you who needs to shove all their chips in the middle and go after Russell Wilson. Are you going to say the Carolina Panthers? <laughs> Are you going to go there? How did you know this? How did you know this? You know that's what we need to do. Come on. Don't – don't listen, I, I, you know me well enough to know that I'm not just – a um a hometown person even though i do want the charlotte hornets to also go get demonis a bonus push all your chips in the middle do whatever it takes don't here's the thing don't waste the prime of dj moore's career give robbie anderson somebody that's going to get him to it on target christian mccaffrey comes back with russell wilson at quarterback and then go and get the best offensive coordinator you can find. Christian McCaffrey needs a Lendell White, my friend. He needs a Brandon Jacobs. He needs he needs a I don't know. Give him a Mike Allstott from the late nineties. I don't know, but we need a spell back for McCaffrey because he ain't making it through a full season. But I I agree. You get Russell Wilson to Carolina. It's warm enough there. Right? It's warm enough there. It's it's definitely warm in the summer and you get to experience a full the full uh seasons, right? Have some you, palm trees, right? It's not bad. Yeah. Palm trees. But look, here's the thing. In Florida, unless Tampa uh, uh Tampa Tom retires, you're not going to Tampa Bay. He probably should retire this year though. Just go ahead and retire on top or on the bottom, it doesn't matter. Just retire. Miami seems you committed. Just want him out of that <laughs> No, I don't like. I like Tom Brady. I, I like to, like like. Look, man, your ideal offseason is bring in Russell Wilson. Tom Brady retires, and he can just pick off Taysom Hill four times twice a year. And that hey, it could happen. It could happen. Here's the deal. And hear me out. This is about Tom Brady, by the way. I have a tremendous amount of respect for Tom Brady. Here's why. We may not get to experience what seems like the glory days in all these historical performances, like maybe some of our parents did. You know what I mean? And so what we'll get to tell our grandkids is, hey, we, we saw Tom Brady play. And, and not only did we see him play, Luke, we got to see his full career, right? So, so like, for instance, you know, my parents, they pretty much got to see the full career of a Michael Jordan, the full career of a Dan Marino, the full career of a Teddy Bradshaw, the full career of, of a Franco Harris, the full career of, um, of uh, you know, Earl Campbell, the full career of uh, Eric Dickerson. The the full you know they've got all these legends that they got a chance to see full robust careers, you know, 
And so for me, with Tom Brady, that's how I feel. I've got to basically watch his whole career start and possibly finish. Same thing for LeBron James, right? Who's kind of the mega star. I'm going to get, I saw him play his first game. I'm probably going to see him play his last game. And his last game, I may even try to go. Like, I, I legitimately may try to go to LeBron James's last game of his career or what we anticipate could be his, his last game. Kobe Bryant too. Right, right, right. See, we got to see Kobe's full career. I mean, we're, we got to see Kobe. We're spoiled. We got to see good Kobe, bad Kobe, scandal Kobe, change numbers Kobe, um, Kobe with Shaq, Kobe with uh, Gasol, Kobe without Gasol, Kobe with nobody. With, um, Kobe with nobody. Yeah, Kobe with nobody. Kobe with uh, uh, almost prime Dwight Howard that didn't work out. Kobe with Andrew Bynum that didn't quite work. Like we've seen so much. We got to see Kobe torch the Utah Jazz his last game. I mean, wow. Just what like, and so Tom Brady is in that same category. It's like, hey, we've got to see his whole career. I got one more for you. I I just had the beginning of this conversation with Christy on a morning grind because we were talking Steph Curry. And I said, we have seen a bunch of quote unquote goats in our lifetimes, and we are so spoiled. How about Tiger? Yeah. How about Tiger Woods? Yeah. We've got, listen, we've seen his whole career. We've seen good Tiger, bad Tiger. We've seen, you know, intoxicated Tiger. We've seen Tiger. No, I'm, I'm serious. We've seen oh, the, the scandal Tiger. I love it. We've seen come back from a major accident Tiger, and now he's out there on the golf course playing golf with his son, Charlie. Remarkable. You, you see, it's, we've seen – and guess what, Luch? Man, man, this ain't your mama's podcast, but guess what we've seen out of most of these stars? Not only have we seen their talents – We've had a chance to see their humanity. There are no perfect people in this world. Correct. We've seen many mistakes. Yes. And what we do as human beings collectively, we tear these greats down just to build them back up again. That's what we do. Yeah. You find yourself typically back back cheering for them at some point. I mean, not everything was pretty that all of these athletes are doing. But as times change, so do your perspectives and everyone deserves to have their own varying opinions. You know, that's the beauty of, of being American and, and, you know, and, and, and having a chance to see what we're seeing. It's, and then, you know, Tiger's done a lot of stuff. Kobe Bryant's had his on and off the court, you know, some stuff. Guess what? Michael, we, I, we I hear exactly. the stories about Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan's not a perfect person. No, he's just an exceptional basketball talent. We we've seen look, bro. We've seen Charles Barkley, Hakeem, Jordan, Malone, Stockton, Reggie Miller. Bro, we've seen these guys starting start and end their career. Isaiah Thomas and and I, you know, bro, we we've seen phenomenal talent. At the end we're of the day, a, we're all human beings. That's yes. the awesome part. Yes. We're all human we're, we're beings. We're going to get – I mean, listen, you know, and, and I'm going to take it to MLB for a second. 
we got a chance to see one of the what I consider from my time one of the greatest young pitchers, Jose Fernandez, oh, just yeah. slip away from us. Yeah. yeah, you know, and that's the sad part of sports. But but I think you get what I'm saying, right? I mean, we've seen so many things, and so man, I didn't know this podcast was going to go. But listen, man, cherish every moment, people. You know, we, we don't get these historical these historical performances aren't coming back. Remember them, watch them, share it with your kids. You know, uh, you, you may not like Tom Brady, but guess what? You have to respect the guy's accomplishments. I wasn't a Kobe Bryant fan, and I'm air quoting here. But guess what? I had to respect the guy. He was the ultimate competitor, and he and he tried to do it the right way. And I, you know, these athletes, I believe most of them try to get it done the right way to the best of their ability. That might be our version of story time this week. I think it is. And in 2021, we're seeing so many more incredible things. We're seeing Urban Meyer prematurely conclude the worst coaching tenure of all time we're seeing joe judge tout danny dimes as the chosen one for the new york football giants i don't know if you're catching my sarcasm here oh yeah no no of course of course we are just seeing some spectacular things across professional sports good things bad things completely ridiculous things and completely unexpected things the new york mets are the baseball team that is buying everybody now and not the yankees and i'm tucking my tail between my legs because boy do i miss bernie williams jorge posada and roger clevens so we will save that for another season (laughs) well i mean you might as well throw uh CC Sebastian, he was part of a, some of those major runs. Yes, and, and Jacoby Ellsbury. Stop it. <laughs> but I'm just kidding. Stop just it. Kidding. That, that's inside joke, people. Inside we, joke. We were doing so well. <laughs> <laughs> inside joke. Let's get into recipe for success here. And you know what? We have a Thursday night game and we have two Saturday games, hopefully this week. And two big Saturday games. The Colts will be the eight o'clock game. They're going to travel to Arizona and Cleveland at four 30 Eastern travels to green Bay. Should we just go through the main slate here for time purposes and, and see what kind of game environments we'll be looking at here for DFS? Yeah, absolutely. Let's crank this thing up and get out of here. Okay. I'm with it. I'm with it. Uh, obviously I, I shared that I live in Kutztown. So let me open up the player pricing, which is the middle of nowhere. And if I lag out, then you know what? I apologize, my friend, but are there any matchups where the game environment strikes you from, from the get-go? I see a one o'clock game, two bad, two quote unquote bad offenses, but they have terrible defenses. And I'm talking about our lions against Atlanta, which I think could be a sneaky shootout in this one, man. I, I think that there could be some points in this Detroit Atlanta game, two dome teams, with no defense, 44 game total. I think this could be a sneaky one. I don't disagree, right? Because, but if I had to side with a team, dare I say I'm siding with the Lions for momentum's sake? Go for it. I mean, you know, it feels like that's what I would be doing. Um, you know, is Jamal Williams coming back this week? I mean, a lot of good things could be happening uh, for this team. They couldn't have asked for a better way to end the season or get close to the end of the season by playing the Atlanta Falcons. You, you just couldn't have asked for anything better, period. Winnable game. 
I want I want to see my guy Reynolds get another crack at it. Of course, I wish DeAndre Swift and, and Jamal Williams well, but I want to see Reynolds kind of maintain a role here. Uh, we'll see what happens. I think there could be some points here. Cordero Patterson, 6,700 on the flip side. I have extreme interest in him. And don't look now, but Russell Gage is having a an incredible low-end wide receiver one type second okay. half stretch here. Now, let me say this. God, God man, I, I, I know this hasn't been a complete fantasy pod, folks. Just, just hang in there. That's what this pod is about. It's, it's organic conversation as if you were talking to your best buddy. Uh, hear me out here. We just become best friends? All right. Well, a long time ago, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Russell Gage is the type of receiver that teams go after that already have like a, a, a bona fide number one or, or a team like the Patriots goes and snatches up in the offseason. Or a team like, hear me out here and see, I'm going to show you how not homely I am. I'm going to go over to the AFC for a minute. And I want you to think about this. A team like the Steelers will go out and get. Right? Science, you know, just just solid all-around players to add to, you know, what's already happening. We shall see, my friend. Juju Smith Schuster, free agent. Don't right. That, that's turning. what I'm saying. That that that's exactly why I'm bringing it up. Dare I say the Tennessee Titans take a consistent pro who doesn't miss time in Russell Gage and put him across the field from AJ Brown because Lord only knows what Julio Jones will give him next season. Yeah, I think there are some suitors over there for sure. I think you're absolutely right. Sneaky game environment. Looking at this list here, let me hear one on your end. Any teams in a good spot for this coming Sunday? Well, listen, there are, there are always teams in a good spot. I do like that Lions-Falcons game. Let me give you another one that I think is going to be a semi-track meet in a one-sided affair. You probably already know what I'm talking about, but it doesn't matter. I got to think the Chargers going to Houston – and put on a clinic here after losing in the fashion they did to the Kansas City Chiefs. High team total for sure. And I, I don't disagree. Chargers in a fantastic spot. There'll be some high ownerships in that game for sure. Let me ask you a question here. Leonard Fournette might miss this weekend. Ronald Jones, 5,100. Does that Carolina matchup keep his ownership in check at 5,100 on DK where people are going to be playing the snot out of Ronald Jones this weekend. It's about the worst matchup you, you know, that you can put down on paper for a running back with not a lot of skill players over the top. I mean, I gotta think. I gotta think he's probably in play for the price. I don't want to play him. Are you worried about Giovanni Bernard and a, and a team that's going to shut I, down? The I road? would absolutely be interested, but I mean, are they going to play Keyshawn Vaughn? Like, you know, they, they ran him out 
last play of the game, I was like, oh, wow. They just handed him the ball and conceded, which, I mean, I understood, you know. So maybe he gets involved. I want to bring up this Kansas City-Pittsburgh game. And, of course, we had some huge news today. Travis Kelsey in the protocol. Reports are saying that he is vaccinated, so he has a chance to play. If Travis Kelsey doesn't play, (laughs) Tyreek Hill will be extremely popular. But it might finally be a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire game who ripped my heart out against the Chargers because he only had nine carries. Pittsburgh cannot stop the run. We've seen it two weeks in a row. Dalvin Cook gashed them. Deontay Foreman gashed them. But but, but, but what, what, what do we say, though? What do we say? I mean, well, and you weren't on this, but I, I, I kept hammering this on the Blitz show this week, Luch. I kept saying it. The Steelers are getting demolished on the ground. Yep. Demolished. Just find a guy and take him. Who do the Steelers play this week? They play the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm just going to keep putting this theory to the test. Hasn't failed me yet. He might actually be a, a pivot because you know who's right above him? Your guy, James Robinson. Yeah. 5,900 5, against the Jets. Yeah. CEH, if he was ever going to get there, this is the week. Absolutely. If he was up, but. What scares me with CEH is the limited touches in the, in the running game. Like, if I knew for sure he was going to get 15 touches, sign me up. He'll break one. Sign me up. If Travis Kelsey doesn't play, he will be featured heavily. Mahomes loves throwing him the ball. We'll see some stuff for him. They flank him out wide. You know, he caught that two-point conversion in, in crunch time yeah. last week. So I, I think he is extremely interesting for sure. That's a sneaky game. A team that yeah. just played on Monday is hosting the Rams. Minnesota doesn't play much defense. How do you feel about some of these Rams pieces? I think Cooper Cup's going to garner a ton of ownership. A ton. I mean, he typically does. But what a smash spot. Minnesota's defense, not good across the board. They yield the highest target percentage to wide receivers at a decent success rate. And they also can't stop the run whatsoever. And we know the Rams like to run the ball first and then thrive off that play action game. Rams piece yeah. is going to be popular, Chief? I would assume so. I mean, I, I don't mind the Rams pretty much any week um, because typically they're, they're good enough to stay competitive with anybody. And, uh, you know, th- those are the things, that, that's all I can ask. Let me ask you this. This is my last question for you. Oh, by the way, Odell Beckham is finally above 6K again. Can you believe it? 6,500. Add it to the list of things we've seen in 2021. <laughs> maybe maybe his dad was right. That, high, that mixtape he put together, the highlight reel, seems to be doing fine in, in L.A. Yeah, we'll see. I, I still think he's hurt a little bit. But if he can if he can stay reasonably healthy, I mean, even look at this. This is what this is what I was more impressed with with Odell in that last game. Seven targets, six catches, 77 yards and a touchdown. Three touchdowns, 
in three straight games. That's what I was impressed with, though, because what had been going on seeming like seems like to me with Odell is he he was starting to get very inefficient in in his actual receptions, right? Getting the targets, but not getting the receptions, and you know, and it's not all on him overthrows things like that. But at some point, we got to have some efficiency, guy, and we got that this week. Seven targets, six receptions, seventy-seven yards, and a TD. I can live with that. All right. So I have two more things for you. I lied. And then we could wrap things up and whatever else is on your mind here. Got to talk about that. I'm good. We got to talk about that Buffalo New England game. The quarterback with. Oh, we already talked about this. And we talked about it last week, I think. And remember, what we said was Miami's won six in a row. Remember, I told you I thought the Bills would beat the Panthers. The Bills lose this week and Miami wins and the Bills are in trouble. And this is what we talked about, Luce. Last week, we tried to, you know, get ahead of it. We're not going to get all of these calls right. But I think we kind of saw some form of a writing on the wall knowing that this game is probably the most important this week. This is probably the most important game this week. If the, if the Patriots are nine and five and the Bills are eight and seven at the end of the day on Sunday and the Dolphins beat the Saints, then remember our scenario. Then they've got Titans and they've got Patriots who might sit everybody to ensure the Dolphins get it. And and the Buffalo Bills, who started out as a contender, will be saying one, two, three, Cancun at the end of their season. What do you do with Josh Allen from a fantasy perspective? I don't know if I can play him. I like Josh Allen. He's 8,500. I'd rather take Matthew Stafford this week. And I, well, no, no, I don't, no, he's not eighty five hundred. That's eighty five hundred on Fanduel. Excuse me. Let me get to DraftKings pricing. Excuse me. I, I want to be accurate here. Want to be accurate. Sorry about that, folks. Seventy five hundred. I still take Stafford at sixty seven. Yeah, Stafford is really cheap, in my opinion. Matt Ryan, fifty four hundred against Detroit. That it's tempting. It's tempting. But, of course, I, I think Herbert gives you a super high floor at 72. Going to be gonna be interesting. Going to be an interesting week. Chief, anything else, you know, from a macro perspective? I, I feel like we're wasting our time here on Monday night because what are the next 12 hours going to bring? What are the next 72 hours going to bring? There's going to be so many. We're good, man. Cases, Listen, man. we gave our takes. Yeah, man. Hopefully everybody, you know, could hear our – hopefully you can hear our passion for sports in general, right? Right? Like, I love fantasy sports. But I love sports first. Yeah. Me too. It's part of the reason why we do what we do. And we appreciate you sticking along for the ride. And whether we're talking about X's and O's and rotations and hoops or the goats of whatever sport we're talking about or who could get traded where and just some tangents and some food for thought for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Chief, give a plug for the prop shop. What do you got going on this week? Busy week? Um, well, so here's the deal. 
a lot of uh, a lot of sports have have wound down in terms of the ones we were playing. Like, so we're going to get a little bit of uh, video game action this week, but not a lot. I think the last one will be tomorrow morning, and then we are. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, we've got a we've got a kind of one that's spread out through the day for the for the big slate. Everything starts at looks like five o'clock p.m. So we won't have anything in the morning. Um, we've got some guys that will cover the women's Euro basketball league for us. If we have any women's college basketball, we'll cover that. And uh, then we'll be covering football tomorrow. Of course, we get an extra day of football in this week, which is really cool. And then we'll be covering, of course, the, uh, the small NBA slate or smaller NBA slate and go from there. Awesome stuff. My friend, check him out on Twitter at chief justice. Oh, six. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas to everybody. We will see you after next week for another episode of Food for Thought. Chief, we heading out of here? Let's get out of here, my friend. For Will, I'm Justin. Enjoy the rest of your week and good luck, everybody.